This is the uh, for some reason, I thought Edmonton was up three to one in the series. Isn't it? It's two, two one. one. It's two yeah, one. Good, but right? for some reason, like actually, I know the reason <laughs> because everyone talked up their last win so much, like they were just like on the cusp of like going through to the next round. Like it was like it's McDavid series. He's going to the next round. Yeah. He's playing out of his mind. <laughs> and then it was like so. Like I was convinced. Like oh, the series is over. Like Calgary's on the ropes. And like they could be. In theory, if Marcus Strom still plays like shit, but like in my head, I was like, "Oh, it's it's three to one." Yeah, Calgary doesn't have a chance. <laughs> but like, I checked the NHL uh, the standings like before uh, before I came on the show, and I was like, "Wait, still like these haven't even like exchanged ho- like uh, home dates yet. Like they they haven't done like the back and forth yet. Like what the fuck are we talking about? S- series isn't over yet. Shut the fuck up, Edmonton." Yeah, that's that's the what the what Oilers fans like jumping on to like one game, one sample, small sample size being like, this is the year that's I'm shocked. I'm shocked. They're like that. They lost six, nine. Do they not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. They they really don't. What, it's that pretty nice. Yeah. You know, it also doesn't help is that that game feels like it happened like seven days ago. That's true. Oh, God. You know what yeah, I mean, like, it feels like it's like been a, a lifetime ago. ago. Yeah. I think it's because like there's such a like there's like a, such a polar difference. Oh yeah, first thing. Um, hi everyone, welcome to Creasecast. Uh, we're just uh, talking about random stuff here. Get ready for a playoff recap episode. Um, maybe it's just like me, but like I feel like the sweep that happened to Lachlan's poor poor <laughs> Florida Panthers, like the speed with which that series was over made like the slowness that is Carolina, New York and, and like all the other series, like it feels like they're just dragging in comparison. I, I feel, like, feel like the second that? round is always like that. Like, I yeah, think because their the- series, their series is over. Like I joked when we finished recording our last episode on uh, whatever no, it was Thursday, Thursday, yeah, Thursday, like, all right, man, I'll talk to you on Monday when, LOL, their series might be over. Ha ha. And then it was like, uh, yeah, like the same thing with the Edmonton Calgary thing. I just see the standings like they haven't even done game four yet. Yeah. Like there's they're like Tampa's going to be sitting for like a week. 10 days probably before they get another game in because you know what they needed so they needed they they've had such a hard like go of things over the last few years they they just they needed uh they needed the the extra break you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah if anyone needed you know mm-hmm. more time and has had gone through harder more hardship it, than any other team it's the tampa bay lightning so there's so many postseason games uh, oh, oh my god it's so, so terrible sad. oh no someone oh, no. think of the champions the the ch- yeah the children they haven't seen their significant others think and children Pat and Maroon, his record yeah. <laughs> oh man if if Pat Maroon is on four straight cups, that <laughs> oh is God. like the coolest thing imaginable. Oh my God. But that's wild. I, it's hilarious. I don't want to, I don't want to put Remember when he was an oiler? <laughs> that's what, that, that's why they were way around. Um, You know, like obviously Jamie, you're like a big Corey Perry fan. Yes. And I can't remember if we talked about this, maybe when we were doing Corey our playoff Perry. predictions. But I thought I still think it would be so funny if Tampa Bay gets to the finals and, and then Corey Perry loses another yeah. cup final, the, like the full Marion Hosa. Just, like, it, yeah. but yeah, but instead of <laughs> finally doing it, he's just like he 
he closes his career with like back to back to back losses in the finals with different teams. Like that would be so funny. Oh like he goes God. to he goes to Calgary or whatever next year to try again, and then they lose. Like it's yeah. almost like a I kiss of death if he does it. If he went to <laughs> the Flames, I would just feel that, utter betrayal. That's fair. It's yeah. like got, got another Canuck gone. <laughs> like, wait, no, Jamie, no, <laughs> no, not quite. Not no, it's close. just my old man. It's just my old man. Yeah, That's your old, your old man. Uh, well, speaking of old man that couldn't do it, uh, Joe Thornton <laughs> slides into Game Four after having played a single uh, game. This uh, he made a might have played a game in like the first round. Lachlan, I on I honestly Wilson. don't think he I honestly don't think he did. Like I don't think he played a single game up to that point. And then for some, okay, Andrew Burnett had like for a guy who's a probably gonna win the the jack adams this year uh no. i think he's a fi- well i think he's a well i think he's a finalist no. is he not is he yeah, not? but he's, oh, not he's a nominee gonna, but like he's not gonna win he's not winning he over he's Why? not winning over stutter there's no way i think he would because you think about the how they had to fire quinville like three weeks into the season and then that team went on to win the president's trophy like that's 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 a that's a Jack Adams trophy sounding thing if I've ever heard one. <laughs> they right? were already on the trajectory yeah. to win they, the president's trophy when and they say nothing really but changed like that's, that took over. So but but to, but like again to the to the people who vote on those that's totally the type of thing that they do. Like yeah, but you they, could probably argue that there's some other ones out there that like yeah maybe Sutter probably deserves to be there a little more. Who's the third one? There's one more. It might be Dean Epperson. Oh Gallant, yeah Gallant maybe as well. Like you could so argue basically, that basically two but, one team that got like outrageous uh, out, goaltending. Two teams that got outrageous goaltending. And then <laughs> well, that's, that's the, what, well and then the Florida Panthers that have yeah. an absolute unit of a forward group. Yeah. So like <laughs> which honestly would be the bet which would actually to be fair, like here's the thing. Here's the thing. I actually think that is like that brunette probably does deserve to win over the other two because that's what the Jack Adams always turns into. It's whose goaltender suddenly turned really good for a season and then they won a bunch more games than expected. Like that's always how the Jack Adams gets voted on. It's always based on whose goaltender won randomly went on a heater, right? They they should like split it where it's like, um, like there's a goalie coach of the year. So that they can discern Please. between like a team that clearly just got by on goaltending and then a team like like Tampa, who are once again very good despite getting older, slower, and shedding like four guys in their early twenties. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like that would like John Cooper, I like uh, I don't want to steal someone else's point, but um uh whatever that guy's name is on the Canucks Hour, Jamie Dodd. Uh, for the Canucks hour with Thomas Trance, he put it out that John Cooper should be one of those coaches that's just perennially nominated just based on their regular season success and postseason success. Yes. And so by that alone, like I would have to agree, like you just can't like not recognize what he's done. And yeah, yeah, Vasilevsky is like an elite goaltender, but like that team isn't like entirely dependent on their goaltending being elite, like say Gallant's New York Rangers are. Or I mean, to a lesser extent, Markstrom with the Flames, but the Flames had really good underlying numbers with Sutter last year, even though their goaltending was a little shaky at best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they- yeah, so like split the award and call it like the the Dominic Hashik award for goaltending excellence. And it goes to the coach. So then uh, But Ian Clark can only win so many times. Like he can't just win every year. That'd be unfair. Like that- <laughs> 
I don't know about that one. But... Oh, okay, but think about okay, but also you know that many... you know that Demko finished with like the fifteenth best because saves they percentage. Burnt him out because they burnt because Bruce Boutro ran him into the ground. Like I I'm don't saying know, like... he was good, but he was still pretty average with if the stats wise. Would have been fine had they played him a normal regular amount and not been like, okay, we're gonna ride you for twenty straight games and hope that we make the play. I I know you're devastated by your precious Panthers losing in embarrassing fashion, but you don't need to take it out on your fellow co host You're right. You're right, weird. guys. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the, my to to get to my original point though, like with Andrew Brunette, like he had the weirdest game four ever. Where he sure did. Where oh, first geez. he started by bringing in so Thornton and um I'm I'm I think it was Lindell Anton Lindell Anton Lindell who's like a rookie yeah came in for game four and the two played. guys he scratched were yeah. uh Anthony Duclair which is a weird choice considering how well he had been playing unless he was injured there was he no wasn't good very good during the series yeah he, he didn't stick out but like none of them really did no yeah but I don't think he did anything even in the first round though. No, I think he was quiet then too. Like, I yeah, think he had, I, I think, think I think I said well. he only had like an assist on. He had like one assist throughout. Like, yeah, like Claire wasn't very good in the ser- any of the series. He almost had that one goal that hit the netting or whatever right before, and nobody knew where it was. Like that <laughs> almost went in. And then I forget who the other guy they scratched us, but it was two kind of like Ryan Lomberg. Ryan Lomberg, which like I mean he's usually pretty like there was the one very bad gaff in game two but he's supposed to be one of their better guys like so it was kind of weird that they went in that direction and literally made themselves slower um in the process and then you get into like that whole game where i'm like watching the panthers like their power their their power play doing its work and i'm just like this is the worst power play i've ever seen (laughs) it's not even a power play and then they moved drew off of the first one for some reason yeah and it, like they got so many chances to like I, I get like literally i think i like i texted you you uh jamie posted like the me going okay by florida because there were the two called back goals right the first one which so was funny. off the netting and then which they got like again i didn't think they were even that gonna took get eight that. minutes it took eight it minutes took for them. too long it took way too long that was the dumbest they should have just ever. said it was a good goal because they knew Honestly, they were yeah. gonna lose anyway like get it yeah. out of the way yeah, honestly, like they should have, especially like, and again, like I talked about in the group chat, like where it's like, it's so weird that like tennis, they can literally pinpoint exactly where the ball landed on white chalk. But yeah. for some reason, we can't tell you where the puck happens to be in any given moment. Or, or like uh, in football, they have a technology that like, like places the yard line underneath a bunch of dynamic players and yeah. referees and all sorts of shit. And it isn't, it's like seamless. And they've had that since like the nineties, but, yeah. but they don't have the technology to say whether a piece of plastic clearly hits a piece of mesh or goes outside of the player area. Yeah. Like at the playing surface. Like it's, it's crazy. so advanced. I, I can, I <laughs> yeah. can literally the track. The NHL is so advanced. They literally <laughs> put chip, like there's the whole thing where it's like, they put like tracking chips in those pucks, but guess what? It's for face off. <laughs> It's for who's gonna win the face-off, guys. That's what we need to be tracking here. Well, probably goals. I think I, maybe. they do use it for like like uh shot power and everything as well. Like you can see how hard the shot was and everything. But again, it's so weird that's like okay, you can clearly tell us where the freaking puck is. Like if it hit the damn netting if you wanted. Like VAR exists. You could do yeah, that. You could just like see how far high up it mm-hmm. went. Yeah. 
and then with the and or at the very and at the very least right like if you have like the 3d model kind of thing that they use for that kind of stuff you can at least be like oh hey look it goes up above the glass takes a sudden weird ricochet and then just dies like yeah. what do we think that hit like it's clearly a ghost goal <laughs> like it's like that's um and yeah like so you have that and then you got the whole like oh the what uh the the playing the puck with his hand thing right to Kucherov, <laughs> that goal counting. And I was literally at that at point, that. at that point, weren't they just like toying with them? They're like, we're, we're intentionally not going to score some goals just to give you false hope. And then we're going to that would be very score funny. the most bogus, like weird Pat deflection Maroon. goal of all time. Yeah. Yeah. What that, a that, goal. <laughs> what a goal. And it was so funny. Cause I was literally after that second goal got waved off. Okay. I was like, literally like, okay, Florida, if you don't score the next goal, I, I, I give up you're done. Like you're not winning. Like you have to score after you get two lucky breaks on the freaking video review in a row. And sure it, enough. Yeah. Bobrovsky gets a weird handle on it. Goes through his legs and in like, all right, game over. They, they scored one power play goal in the entire playoffs. Oh yeah. That's it. On like 3.6%. Oh, <laughs> vomit vomit inducing like i don't know it, what i don't know what their power play percentage was in the regular season though like I think it was, was it, really good i think he was yeah really, but like really good i wonder like if it was one of those things where like their power play say was like outrageously high it was operating at 38 percent, and then it regressed like super hard like to the to the like extreme in the other direction you know what i mean yeah because one thing if it's like it's like the league's best but it's still only like 20 percent, then it's like okay that seems pretty normal i if I, I i don't have the stats in front of me but if i remember correctly like they were in like that top tier but they weren't like number one i think there were a mm. few teams ahead of them so the leafs were number one weren't they they that that, that sounds, sounds about right that sounds right yeah yeah and the thing with the panthers like if if i like from judging by what happened there and what like what you were seeing particularly in those last two games in Tampa from the power play unit it looked a lot like they had their confidence shaken on the man advantage in the first couple games against the Capitals and yeah. then it just lingered rather than like a case of like oh they 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 got found out like their power play got found out it just felt like it was oh this team got got rattled by a couple bad games by like a game or two of just bad power play and just never fully recovered because I'm watching that thing and I'm like, this team scored a bunch of goals during the regular scored the most goals. I think of any team during the regular season. And they're playing this like weirdly stationary, like power play where they're not even moving. Like they're not leaving their posts like at all. Like they are just like, okay, pass it around in the umbrella and then hope <laughs> it goes in. And I'm just like, Oh, the, like, like thinking back to like all the Canuck, like the Canucks weird power plays that they've had over the last few years. And just like, I mean, the Canucks looks more dynamic than this. Like, like they were moving at least slightly and changing like zones. And it worked <laughs> one time against the Lightning when they actually started like changing, swapping around and moving where they were standing. But they kept trying the standstill thing. And hey, lo and behold, the the team that's good at blocking shots kept blocking the straight the stationary shots, knowing exactly where it was coming. It was no one could have seen so, this coming. No one could have seen this coming. Tampa is the same way too, like in a way where it's like but like what's different with the lightning and it's so aggravating is that there's nothing like particularly revolutionary about what the lightning do and like the way that their style of play, they're just so unbelievably good that even if you know exactly what they're going to do, there is 
nothing you can do to stop them. Like you, there's nothing, nothing. It was funny because I could telegraph exactly like a couple of the plays where they scored on. Like I knew exactly where the puck was going to go, who was going to take the shot, what they were waiting for in that lane. And they do it every time, but they're just so good that like, there's nothing any team can do about it. They can go and have 10 shots in the first period, in the first two periods and nearly score twice in that time. Like that's just Tampa. Yeah, they're uh, kind of good. <laughs> they're kind of good. And I bought a bunch of rats, a bunch of squeaky rats that I don't know what to do with anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Did the you God... jinx them, man? I didn't, I didn't jinx when them. Look, did they, you... they, were, when... they were cooked. When... Like, they were, they jinxed themselves. When like... did you buy those? Ooh, I bought those. Question. I bought those after game two, which, in my opinion, was the one that sealed their doom like, like that game, game two against tampa or yeah game two against tampa that yeah. sealed their doom because oh, yeah. they you, were you, you totally jinxed them but i didn't jinx, jinx them, them bro you yes, know who jinx them is goddamn uh ryan lomberg and Mackenzie weger for letting up with five with like a second to go in a t- tie game but, but they like, can't jinx a team when they're a part of the team that's not how it works Trust me, I would know I played on some very bad teams before. And it didn't matter what kind of juju you got in the world. You just lost because your team was bad. And nothing you could your, do would ever change it. I forgot um, about your stint on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Cody. <laughs> hey, they haven't heard me yet. Um, yeah, not yet. But yeah, look at this. The Cats, they lost. Wait, did you write Cats on it? Or did... I- I sure did. Oh, I yeah, like, you absolutely jinxed them. He jinxed them. Yeah, I jinxed them. I'm going to all the Panther fans to... All yeah, 10 of man. them. All 10 <laughs> <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Angrily Send me an angry letter? <laughs> when those Floridians put down their bath salts and pick up their phones, they're going to be so mad at you for what you I, did to their team. You were lucky. This was just a warning alligator. The last one won't be the la- the next the one. Won't next one corked. won't be cork. That's true. You should think about this. <laughs> this um, is a, an alligator. I just find an alligator in my room in my house. I'm like, ah, oh, dang, they got me. <laughs> uh, so speaking of jinxes, um, the Avalanche and the Blues. I'm gonna try to not make any declarative statements because the last time I did about the Avalanche, the or screwed around and lost three straight and got bounced from playoffs. So I'm not going to be saying anything crazy. Yeah, you better not. Like, they're, you know, going to just sweep their way to the finals. They might, though, because Cody. that game against St. Louis was kind Cody. of a blowout. I'm just Cody. putting it out there. Cody. Like, that wasn't even close. That was like an NHL team beating up on, like, an AHL team that was just full of goons. Like, yeah. Even just though a bunch it, of angry men, yeah, like that was just like, um, like a bunch of middle aged white dudes, like, <laughs> but instead of like venting their frustrations with life on Twitter, like they went to a beer league sports league and just beat the shit out of like anyone they could. Okay, and in this case, me. it was Nazem Kadri who yeah. said, like, like, fucking try me, bitch, and like, <laughs> like, absolutely sunned them about as hard as you could. That was fantastic like that, that was great whole sequence of like of, he's an okay. absolute boss oh yeah like and he's amazing i and, love nazim kadri same here and like look and there are people talking about like the the daniel sedin nazim kadri incident from a few years ago yeah i didn't like him at that point but like as considering like what he's been through and like all the stuff that he has to go through on a daily basis from terrible people is 
like the and that in itself is impressive and amazing and to see him like okay so i guess we haven't talked since that game that game three um i think we i don't know what I, if you guys disagree but that like the collision itself was not his fault like for starters like it just wasn't i'm not gonna lie to you i think i fell asleep at eight o'clock on that game night and so i woke up like the next day and i knew that Bennington was out with injury i had no idea what happened i just knew everyone was pissed off at nazim kadri and in my head i was like yeah that tracks i don't know what happened i'm not going to investigate what happened but i'm sure people are very mad at him for whatever it was he did or did not do so please do describe this hit and whether or not i should be angry about it so what happened what happened on the play was i forget who the blues defenseman is with him but essentially Kadri's going for a loose puck in front of uh, Bennington. Bennington is coming out to challenge. Um, the Blues defenseman cuts in between him. So if I'm Bennington here, the Blues defenseman cuts like essentially right into like his gut, like going into like the left essentially, and mm-hmm. knocks him, knocks Kadri's feet, kind of like knocks Kadri's feet out from underneath him as well as his own feet, and they both kind and they both go crashing right into Jordan Bennington. And okay. like, so it was like and, yeah, it was, so it was kind of like accidental, like not necessarily like, like I'm just going to try and run the goalie. Like no. we saw, no, 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 no. Like, cause there was a, there was, I can't remember who, I think it was on Bob Rofsky or, or no, I'm an idiot, different, different team wearing red. This was a uh, Lucic running Markstrom where it was just like oh, uh, Smith, yeah. a dude just like, or Smith, where it's just like a dude like charging as hard as he could towards the end boards and not even attempting to like get out of the way, oh, but just so like pull the guy over. We have a different opinion on that one. I guess we'll talk about that, that later. Um, okay. okay. But uh, yeah, like, yeah. So it, it was clearly like, there was nothing like people are like, Oh, Kadri could have stopped. So I was like, no, his feet were, his feet were already sliding out from underneath him by the time like they both run into the go- into Bennington and mm-hmm. it's like like yeah maybe you can make the argument that he's going a little bit too quickly at this loose puck but again it's a loose puck play is alive like you're gonna make every single attempt as a player to get it to mm-hmm. get the puck and to crawl possession and so yeah they both go into the goalie like uh Bennington's clearly injured and then like he tries to play and then you see him like I think his like leg buckled from underneath him as he's trying to like do his warm up with the coach and you're like oh he's done like you, like you know right then and there it's like okay well this is this is not going well for him and yeah. then um and then so like that was that obviously everyone's going to every blues fan's going to get mad about that as it is called mm-hmm. Kadri dirty you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same old same old sure. um and then you watch the the interview of him on TNT after the game of Kadri on after the game where during this interview literally Jordan Bennington chucks a water bottle at him from across the room and then leave and leaves and then leaves and like very mature thing to do very very mature like god i again i i i was talking to jamie about this before the show about like how i've noticed my own fan part coming out of me a little bit too often lately and i gotta i gotta curb that as a media person but good lord i'm watching that i'm like i see that i'm just like good lord it's a freaking toddler like there's a like there is an nhl goaltender who is actively a toddler like Jesus, like throwing, literally well, throwing his bottle. He got, he got run into it, so he had to teach him a lesson by throwing his bottle at him. And then running away like a coward. <laughs> well, like, maybe, he had to, maybe he had to catch a bus. You don't know. Don't be so judgmental. Oh, yeah. When has yeah. Jordan Bennington ever done something wrong? 
Oh, that guy. You want a I, list, bro? Yeah. Well, well, look we, at his Twitter. We don't. We don't have a half an hour. You mean all the ones he deleted? Yeah, he deleted so many last night. <laughs> so funny. Did you oh. see? Like, oh so, my god! So, friend of the show, Jackson McDonald from uh, Roxy Fever, was like going through and like retweeting like all his old stuff from like 2011 and 2013. And I yeah. think what happened was Biddington started seeing like all these old ass tweets getting retweeted, and he started deleting the ones that Jackson was actually retweeting. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he he in part like caused Biddington to start going through his feed to delete stuff. It's <laughs> so funny. I think it like so. I think well, well yeah, because like I th he was already deleting the ones that were clearly blatantly just racist and like yeah. or misogynistic, and then Jackson, but Jackson was retweeting the ones that are just like stupid. even the stupid ones too, like, like the purely the stupid backpack ones. or whatever. I yeah, what it was like, like I got pee well, on my backpack or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> something yeah. really stupid. It's just like, why would you tweet something this? that like a high schooler, like something that a high schooler also, thinks is really funny and I really think he like. Also whoa. Took a picture of his feet after a hike or something, and like I like I was just innocently scrolling through my feed and I saw those dogs and I was like, Good lord! <laughs> who <laughs> amongst us? Who amongst us hasn't decided to tweet a picture of their sweaty, nasty ass feet? They were like covered in dirt. Like they were like <laughs> gross. They were disgusting. And I was like, whose oh, feet are why? these? It was Bennington's. Hell yeah. Horrible. I love that. Good for yeah. Horrible. Yeah. This was this is obviously obviously he posted that picture before uh WikiFeed existed. Maybe he was trying like, to get on WikiFeed. That's, that's a mistake it. no one would make anymore. Maybe, maybe. But like God, no one would make that mistake anymore. And everyone is just like, nope, mm -mm, not not posting a single photo like that anymore. <laughs> Because uh, we're all too aware of the internet. Um, uh, Jordan Bennington it, is not, apparently, and it's very funny. And then, but, like, of course, it just, like, it's one of those things, like, okay, I'm not blaming Bennington for what, like, the Blues fans were doing on their own social media, but it's, like, it was one of those things where it's, like, hey, look, our goaltender is going out of his way to be an, a, an asshole to nazim kadri that means we can too like it's literally yeah. one of those things where it's like he could have very easily been like hey like taken the high road not done anything and then later been like hey this is not okay fans can't shouldn't do this please stop nope he decided to literally just basically start it off by like i'm just gonna throw a water bottle and like basically imply that it's fine to do whatever you want to nazim kadri like he was then validated cool. by the head coach who um took a, a very meek and unimpressive stance on the racism being subjected towards Nazem Kadri uh, over the past couple of days since the Bennington run-in. Uh, what did Brube say? No comment. That's all he could muster when asked about the the racism he was facing. Like, what a fucking bitch. Which is, <laughs> you know what, like... like I'm I'm not gonna swear, but I will say it's very interesting. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like my anger translator. Uh, yeah. It's very interesting how Craig Berube said no comment when when there is uh, evidence of the one time he did make a comment on something like that, it got him suspended for using a racial slur against Peter Warrell in a game back when he was a player. So it's quite literally, it's a full example of. But if I admit what these people did was wrong, then I have to admit that what I did was wrong and I don't want to face my own consequences. So it's like, yeah, it that it's that in a nutshell. And that's one of the main issues that hockey culture is facing these days is uh, 
literally how many people have skeletons in the closet like that who don't want to admit what they did themselves was terrible. Pretty much. And it, it, like, honestly, even if Barube came out and be like, yeah, what he's get going through isn't acceptable. I know I said some things that were unacceptable back in my time. And I look back and I think, wow, what a fucking idiot I was. But yeah. I sh- I hate to see that happening to any player. I would hate to see that happen to any of my players on my team. That's that's like a five sentence, two Softball. sentence thing. The easiest Softball thing all over the plate. You come Easy. out with a statement. That's all you got to do, and then you go away. And then you let David Perron go out there and start just trying oh to like injure God. people. He he. Like straight I, up trying to murder. Oh, him. Like literally <laughs> after Nas scored a goal he tried to elbow him in the face like yep are you and joking so, that's what i was shocked about this morning was when i mean i wasn't shocked like let's be clear. you were <laughs> i wasn't were shocked. shocked i was kind of just like yeah that, that's about that tracks was him getting a five thousand dollar suspension for the hit from behind but there was nothing for the attempted decapitation because like but cody he didn't do anything we can't I know, suspend it, him for something he didn't do but it's like, the intent yeah, There's bingo. Like bingo. intent to injure only counts when your intent to injure actually injures them. <laughs> yeah. Are you no, no. are you kidding me? Like, like are you it makes no right sense? Now? It's like it, it's like no. George Peros is just like the this entire offseason has been like a complete like like a legacy of failure. Yeah. And like I find it funny because like I just don't think you should have like former goon as the guy who should be an assessor of uh, punishment for doing stupid, dangerous shit like this. So I think it's great. I think it's going to be great when like a new guy comes in, like when Paul Korea becomes the the dops head and yes. like actually levy suspensions instead of five thousand dollar fines for all of these infractions. Like, yeah. is he like uh, on vacation and it's like he has the auto responder on his email that just says. <laughs> like yeah, someone sends him a thing like here's all the footage to uh x person's uh high sticking double major and just auto responds please assess this person a five thousand dollar fine and tweet yeah. about it and that's it and then he's like he's out hawking his violent gentleman merch or some shit yeah. and not even not to go back to like the tampa florida series but there was the one in game they lost Loughlin. get over it, it. it was we're like hoggle hit how dare you or it was it brandon hoggle hit uh i i forget hoggle. exactly who it was hoggle like a, hegel? Like, hegel. like a bagel bro like a bagel yeah, hey, whatever hegel. whatever <laughs> it, yeah. it, it like hits him like hits wow. a, the panther from the goal line like into yeah. the post and that ended up being a five thousand dollar fine and it was yeah. one of those like i'm no, sorry that's... that's literally the most predatory hit you can make he hit him right in the numbers yeah. Away, just a dis a distance away from the boards where he could have ran his head into the thing. How is that 5, not a suspension? Like what are five thousand dollars? I don't want to deal with the backlash. I'm on vacation. Yeah, and guys, like, but but also we have to think about guys. If I commit a ro- if I try to commit a robbery but I fail <laughs> at it, I don't get. Does that mean I have to go to jail for commit for uh, attempted robbery? No, of course not. That's not how that works. Well, well you would. Uh, attempted yeah. robberies yeah i'm pretty sure you'd still go to jail no but, yeah. that's not how that works you totally like you they just let you go scot-free they're just like oh don't try that again you silly like that that's fair yeah. um yeah um, this this series became instantly like not fun like yeah. over the last two games like i think the first the first game was like pretty intense the second game too like the comeback or the uh the 
the Blues winning was actually like really impressive too. David Perron has his hat trick and still has like fans on his side. And then the last two games just like just brings out the it brought out the ugliness that we acknowledge exists in hockey fandom. It's just like the dumb white macho bro mentality that comes out when God forbid someone hurts my favorite player. Yeah. Like, and, and if Jordan Bennington is your favorite player and he gets injured, then I have questions, sir. <laughs> and or madam, uh, frankly, but yeah, this series, I, I hope like I picked uh, the blues to win in six because I just, I still, I still don't have faith in the avalanche goaltending at all. Like, that game was like a blowout for Colorado. Like they dominated, but at the end of the day, Darcy Kemper still gave up like three goals on 13 shots or something like that. Like that's not good for a team that is like expected to go to the finals. Like you look at say the Florida Panthers, right? Not, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you, Lachlan, but the four, Florida Panthers absolute powerhouse offensively got goalied in a bad way, just completely shut down. And guess yeah. what? The abs aren't even remotely in the same stratosphere on in terms of goaltending or defense when it comes to a Tampa matchup potentially. And like, it's just going to be like the quickest route to the final or like, like the quickest out for them. If Darcy Kemper can't stop a puck because giving up three on 13 to St. Louis is not a good look for any goaltender. And for, so like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I still he, my was, doubts, but, he was doing fine up until I think like even like the the game they lost. I think he was doing a, he was pretty good in the in those games. I think it was the last one where he just kind of had a bit of a struggle there. And they were, I think, to be fair as well, like a few of their like I think a couple most of the Blues goals are power play goals. If I'm unless I'm mistaken, because yeah. Perron's gotten a lot two, on the power play, two right? Of them. Two they of them are two the for two. They're very they were... bad at the PK. They need yes. to stay. Yeah. Well, that the ball. and it's yeah. not going to get better because Sam Girard's out for the playoffs now. He doesn't and kill like, penalties. That, but like, yeah, <laughs> like, well, like, the, but like having the having him available, like just to play at even strength, right? Like that. Now you're having guys who have to double shift on both, and they're getting their minutes bumped up a bunch, right? Yeah. So like having the. You're gonna get. It's not gonna get any easier for your PK because you gotta. You're gonna. You're gonna lose more and more bodies. Like that's just how it goes during the playoffs. So yeah, you got. They gotta figure it out some somewhere here. Also, like that 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 injury within itself, like the the Gerard injury, got kind of brushed under the table with all the Bennington stuff because that's like mm-hmm. that is still a crushing blow for Colorado. Like I think to, a lot of people too are are distracted by the fact that Colorado is kind of like handing it to the Blues that they're just like like they kind of forgot or they're just like, well, it doesn't matter. They're still blowing them out. There wasn't really a noticeable loss or drop in their ability to just route opponents. So like yeah. maybe they'll think about it next round with whoever they play out of the battle of, of Alberta. That's, That's really cool. hard to say with Invisalign retainers. Let me tell battle you. of Alberta, <laughs> battle of Alberta. Like my tongue is getting stuck on the, the roof of yeah. my mouth. Yeah. They're going to get Mike's. They're going to get Mike Smith, uh, future con Smythe winner, Mike Smith. <laughs> Yeah, uh, seventy-year-old uh, Mike Smith is going to <laughs> rally, rally his team to beat Calgary to face Colorado. Like hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's where it's that's where it seems like it's going. I mean, like it's kind of weird that the Battle of Alberta almost became like the like very quickly became like the third most important series out of the bunch as the, the Rangers score to make it three nothing. <laughs> 
age, yeah. Zero shots, last power play, too. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, let's quickly go over New York and Carolina because I don't have anything to say about the series. I have not watched a single game. That I, makes sense. Like, that's actually that makes, kind of how I've it's, been for most of uh, Carol. Like, I don't think I watched much of Carolina Boston. and Boston either. I think I watched Game Seven, and that was it. it. Painful. To watch. Yeah, like they're they're usually a fun team to watch in the regular season, but like yes. we've talked about this a million times on the show, so we're not going to waste viewers or listeners' uh, times. Don't like a lot of their acquisitions. I don't like betting cheap on a bunch of bad people, like Domi or D'Angelo. Like, yeah doesn't yep. do anything for me yeah so it's hard to root for them um yeah. and ethan bear isn't playing any of the games of the playoffs either rude. so it's like i think that's like, rude yeah like that's just not cool at all so like yeah i i don't care but like yeah just... it's it's painful to watch them yeah yeah like, and it's yeah and, suck. and new york too is like they're they're just being carried so hard by their goalies that it's just like it's hard to even be like to root for them to win too because you're just like you're rooting for them to go try and play trap hockey against like Tampa right now, which yeah. like, I don't ever want to root for that. Like I, that's why last year we were like, we don't ever want to root for the Islanders to go through because we don't want to see like boring, dull hockey. And I think that's what we're going to get with kind of either of these teams at this point. Really? Yeah. Well, like, it just, I... it just feels like that. Cause uh, Tampa Carolina was very like, like high tempo, a lot of action, like a lot of like five goal games, comeback efforts like that were through the roof. And now they're just, they're trying to emulate like Tampa Bay's like really grindy playoff model of hockey, which is good. Like you need to be able to play that way to succeed, but it's just, it's been such a drag. They really only really play like that on a way. On the road. I was going to say they yeah. like that. That's they don't only... play like that at home. Yeah, they it's... Almost, it's almost like they changed their strategy completely based on like the like you know how everyone's like, like the oh they're this yeah or it's like, like, it's like a it's like a wrestling like a WWE show like depending <laughs> on the crowd they'll have like a local guy in the main event to get everyone jacked up so they're the same way they're like hey let's uh let's maybe not like block shots let's just let's just really try to score yeah. like a lot yeah let's do that. They're, just took a penalty. They, yeah they're like it's one of those like they're like we hey guys uh after the pandemic we really need home revenue so please send every game to seven <laughs> every series to yeah seven. yeah maybe we that's what it is our, it'll make it might, all the way to the finals at this rate with that yeah. mentality yeah because like Wait. it is like the whole thing of like you know how like people are always saying like oh this so-and-so team played the perfect road game where they're like they're like trying to just it's almost like the hurricanes are like trying to do like this oh we're gonna play the perfect road game type of thing where they change their strategy completely but it doesn't work like yeah. it's so weird how different they are when they don't when it's literally the only difference is what that they don't have on the ice is that they don't have like last year like weird so they weren't like this last year i don't know what's wrong with them yeah it's really weird and yeah i have no idea not, they're, yeah. they're um yeah they're just boring straight up um new york like the only upside to cheering for a new york victory is that tyler mott is on their team again like yes. he's, he's off of injury yes so it's like like if they go through like canucks fans at least have something to hold on to that's kind of like the calgary thing too like it, you're at least rooting for tanov and markstrom or, or what or to foley to like do something together like you're rooting for tyler mott to you know have a good run and prove he was worth that precious fourth round pick or whatever, I can't believe whatever garbage pick it was fourth round pick for tyler mott 
Well, I mean, that was what, that was what the market was. That was not that good. In, That's insult. the insult. He he's wasn't so, as good. He wasn't as good as Nick Paul or uh, Brandon Hagel. So naturally, he but was, they weren't. <laughs> Brandon all, they, Huggle, he didn't sorry. get traded to the to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's true. I'm but sure I, he would have played like them <laughs> if oh he got honestly, traded to the Tampa. Honestly, Tyler Mott probably would have been a good fit for the Lightning. Like yeah. honestly, no. Like the way that Tyler Mott plays, honestly, like they would have loved him on Tampa. Like he would. They would have, but they they probably that's why they went for Nick Paul and Brandon Hagels because they right. had two years on their deal, so they could at least get a second kick at the can. They're not really the types to trade for people that they only have like one year or or like a one playoff run in. Yeah. Like yeah. that's why they that's why their off seasons are always like, you know, we're gonna get Pierre Edward Belmar and Corey Perry on league minimum deals for two years. Like then yeah. we can like at least spread out the wealth and try and make something happen, at least not with this year, but the next year after we'll still have the same kind of value deals to work with. And so like Tyler Mott, like like oh, man. Canuck should have just like extended him or something, given him like a two-year contract at really cheap, but like, hey, buddy, we'll get you to a have tough taken, contender. I don't think he would have taken like No, he wanted too much money. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, I I love Tyler Mott, but the amount of money that it sounded like he wants and he sounds like he wants in free agency, it's too rich. Like I'm just well, it's like he's uh, gonna like, okay. because of the Dickinson one, you know? So yeah, like, that uh, contract no. definitely screwed him. But like he's gonna he Kudos to Tyler Mott. He's going to enjoy his like $4 million contract in Winnipeg or wherever. Philly. Don't banish him to Winnipeg. I'm not banishing Winnipeg. him. I'm just saying. I love Winnipeg. I would love him. Honestly, I like the Jets. I wouldn't mind him on Winnipeg. Like, I don't I like them anymore. The Jets. You don't? You don't like the Jets anymore? No, I that's, just don't like Blake shocking. Wheeler. You know, as, I, as, I don't like, I don't like him as a captain. Mm. I think he, I think he runs a very toxic locker room. Ooh. Judging by just like how many players have left and been like, yeah, it was a fucking disaster uh, of a locker room and chemistry was terrible. Yeah. Um, still, like, weird. a part of me is just kind of like, and I, I think his contract's horrible. It's going to age terribly. So, a lot, a part of me is just like, man, you're making that much money and you're just like an asshole to like Patrick Line to the point that he gets traded for nothing. Like, really? Was that worth that it? Was, yeah. But it, they like, got Pierre Luc Dubois out of it. Like, score. <laughs> I don't think he's do going back. I know. I know. He's not going back. Even though his dad's like a part of the organization, like I just don't think he's going to stick no, around. But like, I don't think so. Yeah, I just uh, they need to move on from him or Shifley or whatever and build around Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers. Like they need to so badly, but whether Nikolai, I don't know if they will. Nikolai Ehlers is one of the like I tried my best not to like harp on like to go off on the oh, but the Canucks could have had so and so guy. But they oh, could have had that guy. Nikolai they could have had Pasta. They could have had. I I mean, they got Brock. I'm not that. Like it sucks. Like Pasta would have been great, but I'm not like losing that much sleep over that one as I am over like oh the Canucks could have had goddamn Nikolai Ehlers or William Nylander. <laughs> like, I would have loved yeah. Willie. Oh God, oh. yeah, yeah. And he probably yeah. wouldn't be making as much as he is right now, though. <laughs> That's true. That's actually true. honestly, you know what happened though? They would have. They would have done exactly what they did with Brock as they did with Willie Nylander, where they bridged him for three years, probably at the same $6.9 million. And then at the end of his deal, they would have been fucked because they signed Beagle and Roussel and yeah. whoever to like a $20 million cap hit combined. And then they'd been screwed like they are with Brock right now in, and his $7.5 million qualifying offer. 
Like it just would have happened anyway. It would just happen to like a better player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. God, this God, if that isn't that, yeah, that's that's pretty darn true. Like, Damn, yeah. we've uh, had multiple Brocks. Okay. Uh, one last series to cover. Battle of Alberta, which is going to happen pretty much right after we finish recording here. Um, what are we thinking? The vibes are leaning pretty bad towards Calgary just because Chris Tanev's not in the lineup. And apparently Chris Tanev was the glue holding together that organization because they yeah. played very badly without him. Yeah. It's been, it's been Damn. like, I, I like their defense. Looks like he's be, needed. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, he's the only, I think he's the only significant defenseman out of their lineup right now. If I'm, un unless I'm yeah, missing something. I'm pretty sure. And they have looked atrocious in the three games against Edmonton. And it's like, it's like, there's nothing about Calgary's, like the way that they're built that. Edmonton should be able to exploit that easily. Like, yeah, I get Connor McDavid's a cheat code and everything, but he's still only on the ice for a third <laughs> at most a third of the game. So there's still two thirds where he's not on the ice. And somehow it doesn't matter. Like they I it it's they look completely unraveled. I think like in the game three, they didn't even look like they wanted to win. Like they kind of like they straight up looked like they were like, Yeah, we don't care. We're gonna lose. Whatever. Like they didn't care. There was no care in there at all. Yeah, it's a bit uh it's a bit of a bizarre series because like the first game naturally starts with the 6-9 six, six, game and you're like, "Oh fuck, this series is going to be a banger." And then like each game after was just kind of like, "Oh, significantly less fun." Right. This I is kind of just like a banger. This is just like every media person talking about Connor McDavid and this podcast and our listeners know how much I don't care for Connor McDavid. So every passing game for me is just like complete torture where I'm just like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. I need Calgary to play well and get the crap Oilers out of there. Sick of it. I don't yeah. want to hear about how Connor McDavid is, you know, going to win the cup this year because he had a four point night. I don't care. He had a 4.9 game one. They lost because the team sucks. What do they get out of him going to the next round? Nothing. Yeah. It's terrible. And, and like there, there there's okay. There's unlikable parts about all of this where it's just like, okay, like not like not only with Calgary, like with Calgary, it's like the whole like, uh, like, oh, this team is so like that, like people getting way too overhyped about the Calgary Flames like they always do with Edmonton. It's like, oh, you know what? You know what's great, guys? The redemption arc of Evander Kane. And I'm just like, oh, my God, no, absolutely not. Like, I don't care if he scores a hat trick in a game. We're, this is not a redeemable character in my eyes and most pe most people's eyes like. I and like to the point where people are already like, you know, the Canucks should have gone and signed Evander Kane. It's like, no, they really shouldn't have. Like, I don't care how many goals he scores. I don't want him here. Like, really, yeah, really that bad. was that was genuinely like, like so speaking, like same as the the Blues um, Ab series becoming really ugly and kind of not fun. It's the same thing with Flames Oilers, where it's like the storylines are either, you know how bad Jacob Markstrom's doing and then having to relitigate the Jim Benning era every single day on Twitter or, you know, Chris Tanev leaving and having to relitigate the entire Benning era over the 2020 off season again, or Evander Kane having a redemption arc be yeah. because he like, you know, played, you know, goals make tough. up for, for doing make up for doing really terrible things off of the ice as like, we all know 
yeah like there's just some some tweets out there where you just like you roll your eyes at and you're like man how how do you wake up and dress yourself properly if you actually think like evander kane like scoring three points in 10 games somehow like absolves him for the shit he did like this season alone as yeah. a person let alone a player yeah yeah fucking like wild talking about like how like it doesn't change how he who he is even though he's playing well Mm -hmm. and like there are people that are just like attacking the people that are saying that sort of stuff and that calling them like they're racist for saying that about him but like yeah it has nothing to do with his race like shout shout out to uh the broadcast mallory mcfall for her very fucking funny tweet about um evander and evander kane hat trick being like uh losing a bet uh hitting his wife and then doing something else like it, it's not three goals oh, what his hat trick is dark. and every everyone was like you wouldn't joke about this if he was white it's like yeah no i you, de- you would. definitely would no you absolutely would because yeah it's about it's pointing out how much of a shit person the guy is outside of hockey and why the Oilers why were does, rightfully decried for signing him in the why first does every, place. Why do people think that everyone's making fun of Jordan Bennington for? Like, literally, Look, for the, yeah. the, there's a reason not a lot of people like him, and it's because he's done stupid stupid stuff. It's not because of, like, anything else. Like, that's literally, like, it's it's so dumb. And, yeah, like, it's, uh, yeah, the whole Evander Kane thing, it's just like, oh, God, like, you don't want to, like, it's one of those, like, you don't want to see success come that he doesn't deserve it. Like it's one of those, just like you don't deserve the success you're having right now. Like, mm. yeah, sure, good for you. You're scoring goals. That's awesome. Uh, what about all the other things you're you should be worrying about with your daily life? Like, so on, on top of the the Evander Kane redemption arc that has been started by the national media, you know, months after saying they wanted to do better, one of the funniest fucking things that came out of the Oilers' like first win was. Frank Saravalli tweeting out an article at 3.30 in the morning about Duncan Keith and how he's worth every penny. Oh, like no. our, co- our co-worker, <laughs> Frank this, Saravalli. This, um, this postseason has been just uh, like a bevy, a, a buffet <laughs> of comedy for white aging media personalities like it's, it's everyone showing their ass everyone showing yeah. their ass everyone embarrassing themselves with terrible takes and terrible opinions on nazim kadri or vander kane or whatever and it just doesn't seem to stop and it keeps getting funnier and more embarrassing as the, the playoffs go on so i'm a big fan of that of these playoffs for that alone but yeah. like man like i'm fully expecting you know the the articles to come out next round like ooh, the, you know what the abs really needed they needed Semyon varlamov back oh no just ignore all the stuff that he's got oh, going no. on in his personal life they would have beat x person in the western conference final if they just had Semyon. you know what i mean correct me if i'm wrong but weren't wasn't at one point the calgary calgary like exploring the idea of like signing slava voinov at one point wasn't that a thing Uh, or is that montreal i think it was montreal i think because montreal was like they went from trying to sign slava 
trying to sign, not slime, sign Slavovoinov <laughs> to then doing the whole um, that guy they drafted. Yeah, drafted. you're right. That was then, that was within that same. And kind then of also, window. I think after they drafted that kid, it was also rumored they were trying to sign Tony D'Angelo. As That's well. right. Mark think, like it was just like just last stand. Like good just, lord just fucking rolling out the best ideas back to back to back. So yeah. Yeah. I did Uh, want to, so there was one thing about like, there was another, like there, I, uh, this is a much lighter on the much lighter side, just folk on the hockey side of things, like of a, like bad takes I've seen. Like, so everyone has like been jumping on Jacob Markstrom and like, he hasn't been good. Like there's no, there's no way around it. He hasn't been good, but I've seen a lot of, but we know why. And, but like a lot of people seem to be of this mindset. Like, and I've talked about this before where it's like, where it's like, well, you know what the problem is? It's because uh, Ian Clark's not coaching him anymore. That's why he's bad now. And it's like, uh, and and that always like weird. I always find that like a really weird way that people look at it. Because like if Ian Ian Clark, and I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing. Where it's like, what makes Ian Clark a good coach is that his coaching sticks. Like it's not mm-hmm. you're not a good goalie coach if the second that guy stops working with you this is the numbers take a huge nosedive right like yeah. you're coaching you're what you're telling them and what you're instilling in them in their strategy and their play uh stays long after you've stopped working with them so it's been really weird seeing a lot of people being like well this is what happens when you take markstrom away from vancouver clearly the canucks were right to pick demco and it's like it's like okay that's like they're kind of completely separate things like they can you can just be one or the other guy who played really well during the regular season might i remind everybody like earned a vezina nomination yeah bingo he was not bad he was not very good him losing a having a couple bad games against the oilers is not exhibit a of why the canucks should have kept demko over him demko can be good on his own and markstrom can also be good on his own those are those can be two completely separate things. Like we don't have to be, do the whole who should who would you have picked? Like we don't need to do this. Uh, yeah, I think I tweeted about that too because I I saw that one guy's tweet where he was like, yeah. like Demko is the real Vesna, uh, Vesna caliber goaltender, and it's like, did you no. watch the regular season? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the Calgary Flames were a good the team. Nominations? Yeah, but Jacob Barkstrom still posted incredible numbers. Yeah, behind like, like Erica Branson had like a really good season, but that's still who Jacob Barkstrom's playing behind, and Mar- like Good Branson yeah. still has his flaws. Like Erica he did, Branson like, got walked by Connor McDavid no less than like four times. Yeah, like he still like the Flames still have rough defensive moments too. Like like the yeah. Vancouver Canucks aren't like on an island where it's like. Demko is literally like holding the team in games. Like these games mm. occur to other teams as well, including yeah. the Calgary Flames. Like, it's, like two things can happen at the same time and it'd be okay. But yeah. the guy who legitimately earned a Vezina nomination this season isn't not worthy of his award. No. And Demko isn't worthy of the best nomination I, either. I mean, I think he would have had they played him a little less, but like that's the I don't but think that's so. the reality. I mean, he was again like it was really like you noticed it when he started to get fatigued and injured. You started seeing him make the mistakes that he wasn't making during the first half of the year when he was just on it the whole time. And it was like, but like at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, Markstrom's the one with the Vesna nomination right now. And, and you know why? Do you because, know why Lachlan? Ooh, he, ooh, ooh, because he, he's good. 
he played one less game than Demko and had a save percentage that was like 0.3% better. Yeah. And, and they, a goals against average that was like 0.4 goals less per 60 minutes. Like he was very good. And Demko is gonna get there eventually, but yeah. it's it's insane to to like somehow be like, yeah, Markstrom wasn't good this year, but my favorite goaltender was. <laughs> no. Like Y'all need to stop huffing. They were paint. both good. They were and both just acknowledge they good. were both good, and one just happened to be better playing for yeah. a better team. Yeah. Shit happens all the time in the NHL. But, Shit happens all the time. Um, yeah, like I, I was, I was losing my mind to some of the takes too, where they're just like, like, yeah, this is why you had to get rid of Markstrom because he was sucky. He sucks in playoffs right now. It's like literally in a second round, and we're not in the second like, round, man. And like, yeah, in he's the playoffs, bro. Like, like come yeah, on, like. To, to Lachlan's point where it was like, yeah, Demko played really like great this season. Like he played like amazingly behind a dog shit team and they still didn't get anywhere close. Yeah. And he broke down before they could finally cross the finish line. Yeah. Markstrom played like one less game or one more game or whatever and got his team across the hub into the second round and he's fallen apart because he was overplayed. So like, were, were we going to applaud the Canucks for cross, like becoming the second wild card spot? And then subjecting Spencer Martin to four games against the abs as the second wildcard team. Like, yeah, the fuck are we talking about here? Yeah, no, it would have been a, it would have been a, well, yeah, it would have been a, it, like poor Spencer, Spencer Martin's good. I, I, he would have had a very hard time against Colorado and that's, we would have taken fault. them to overtime, but we would still get swept. Yeah. I, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that isn't true. Yes. He would have taken every single game to OT. No, just one. Just, just, oh, is, just one. Just one. This is my hot take. I, I think Spencer Martin's going to last like 15 games in the NHL and he's going to be back in the AHL by the time the year's over. Like I just, based on his age and based on like just what I saw at the NHL and AHL level, like I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I just, I think he got really lucky in his first run and the team like signed the contract based on those three games. He, uh, he had the final the final few games at the very end of the season when other teams were coasting because they were already secure in their playoffs. They'd had no reason to compete and he looked fine. But next year's gonna be very different when in October the team is like trying to not be as shit as they were to start this season. And they need him to be not Halak. They need him to be like good like a good yeah. backup. They basically need him to be what Demko was to Jacob Markstrom uh, two years ago, which was like an actual reliable backup that could win you games. And I don't know if Spencer Martin has that in him. I think he, I think he might again, like it's a matter yeah, of, but you say that about every goal. You're like, <laughs> I, like, and like, have I, I been wrong on one yet? Like, like, if I stepped on. in, in between the pipes, you'd be like, you know, this Cody kid, <laughs> he's worked his way up there. I think I've he could do seen, it. I've, I've got his skate. jersey on my wall already. I've you seen just, you skate. I've seen it, you skate. <laughs> have you seen me skate in goalie skates? No, which to be fair, you might be a little better in, but like <laughs> and I don't I don't have to glide, I can just stand still. You're just you literally would just be the uh, I'm shuffling across really carefully. I'd, I would probably I'd probably blow up both my quads trying to go into a butterfly squat. Like or even just stretching. Between the yeah, 
you'd be doing the warm. You'd be taking the warm and you pull a hamstring somehow. Like, yeah, uh, no, like walking up to like, the rank to step on. Yeah, I would like do the splits and getting like, your gear up. out of the car. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. Your, right your back, getting your gear. Throw out of my the back, car, like, throw up my shoulder. Yeah, just like all the old man yeah. shit that just like, I ruins think, my I body. Think, and as a like, I think Martin could if he gets the time to actually work on his gait, like his footwork, because that's what's causing him the most issues. He knows where to be at the right time. He's clearly just a little bit too slow, like just reacting in time. If he can figure that out, I think he could be serviceable mm -hmm. at least. I don't think he's gonna. Again, I, I like. I'll be like to be clear. I don't think he's gonna be as good as he was during those two stretches he had yeah. there. I think he could, but I think he could be okay. And hey, look, I'll say this: like uh, in the two games that uh, Spencer Martin played against the Oilers, he's done better than than Markstrom has in his <laughs> games against Edmonton. So hey, so what you're saying is they Spencer should have signed Spencer Martin to, to a six Spencer, million dollar contract. The, yeah, Spencer Martstrom is, uh, <laughs> is, is that's what it should have been. Or joking that the Oilers should have signed. Uh, should have traded oh. for Spencer Martin. <laughs> they should have traded for Halak. They should have traded for anybody. Like, good lord. I mean, Smith's doing fine, but like, I mean, the aside from the blowing his own shutout by diving, like <laughs> he's doing okay. We had to. Okay, so we should talk about that too, because you said so the Lucic hit. That was one. Like, so. You, oh yeah. So I, mean, I said I opinion. said it was pretty greasy, but like I I acknowledge that Milan Lucic hit him because he can't skate anymore. So there was no way, there was no way he was avoiding that collision. Like it was just like I, I yeah I can't turn. He was skating like me. Yeah, you know, like once like momentum got me going. It's just like well, we'll see what happens. Because yeah. you see him fully try to stop. Like you can see the legs. Like you can see him going into full hockey stop, not getting enough time, not having enough time to do it to get the proper, uh, to get the proper edge and going leaning yeah. in because he's like, got no, he's out of runway. And then, but like, oh, you think he didn't do enough there? But yeah, like, he, it's like trying to stop a bowling ball. You know, mm -hmm. like, he's just gonna keep going. He can't stop it. Yeah, uh, and two old men running into each other. Two yeah, old. and for, yeah, fortunately, it was two old men because I think if <laughs> I think if like a younger person hit Mike Smith, like he he would have literally like just exploded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like he'd like blow up into like a cloud of dust. Didn't Edler like, also accidentally hit him? Yeah, and but yeah. because they're both elderly men, nothing <laughs> happens. It's just like it's like two immovable objects colliding. Like nothing happens. But when yeah. like a younger, more spry body hits an elderly man, it's like like a cataclysmic explosion. You yeah. know, just so, every hip dislocated. It would just like, absolutely combust. I mean. <laughs> It's he like, kind of did in that Lucci play, but <laughs> yeah, that was his own like fault like where he just like, so yeah. Cause like, again, Mike Smith, notorious diver, like he, like you can clearly see <laughs> you him. You like, won't swear, can... but you'll call players divers. Cause it's so, it's diver. so blatant. It's so blatant. Him and Ben Bishop was well, Ben Bishop was, uh, did this all the time too. Where he's like, made of glass though. So. Yeah, he had, like, <laughs> he had to because he would literally die if he was. Yeah. Hit, if hit if by he a got subtly injured, Poor I don't Bishop. think it would have like gotten yeah. play stopped. He I, needed I, to yeah. make the 
Yeah, with like, but like, and there was the thing where like Smith literally got his team a power play during the playoff by like getting like literally the lightest tap and just diving like he had been shot in the face. Like it was like one of the, and then everyone's like, wow, you can't hit a goalie like that on the Lucic play. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You can't that he literally threw himself backwards into the, into the boards. And then you see him after with the ref, right? Cause the concussion spotters obviously uh, want him in the tunnel. And this man with this shutout, Suddenly he's like, "Oh, I'm totally fine." Oh, interesting. You looked like you had just uh you looked like you had just yeah, been hit by a truck. I yeah, thought he died. Huh, <laughs> that's so weird. Like and and it was it is such karma seeing him have to leave and lose his shutout be- simply because he literally threw himself into the boards like that. Oh, it's so dumb. It was it was a very dumb play. At the end of the day, it was just dumb on at, all accounts. At, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like a funny play between two elderly men colliding and yeah. that, it's good for content at the very least. It, we, it is good for content. We got good think, memes. Do you think Calgary comes back at all here or are they cooked? Uh, I think they're going to lose tonight, to be honest. They I think win at home. I think they're going to lose tonight and then they're going to win the next game and then probably lose again after. I just don't, I, they look bad. They frankly. look really which, bad, which is shocking because I really don't think Edmonton is good. No. And that game one is case in point. Like they're just Cody CC playing on the top pairing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on. Good Are Lord. you joking? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the Edmonton Oilers in a nutshell. Like it's like, it, again, literally both these teams, it's like they had to go to seven games to defeat like some teams that clearly were in over their heads a little bit. And you're just like, God, this is, this is the best this division has. Like really <laughs> Cody CC on one side, Eric Branson on the other. <laughs> Like, oh my God, it's, it's, yeah, I, neither, not like, literally it's like two players look good in the whole series and they just both happen to be on Edmonton, including one who apparently, like Leon Dreisaitl is playing with a bad ankle. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Like, and still just kicking butt with it. Like, yeah, he's, he hasn't been skating like as fast as he usually does. And he's not a fast skater anyways, mm-hmm. but he usually no. just like pl- makes plays now. He's not like going full force because his ankles messed yeah speaking of a uh elderly man his uh ankles are like mine right now just hanging on by a thread (laughs) hanging like one one lap one uh, one faithful walk with the dog yeah once your once your age starts with a three your body just like gives up it's just like nope you made it this far are you ready lachlan for that (laughs) how i've got i've got five years or yeah, five years. I got five years. Uh, yeah, you, you got know, time. I got I'll, time. So I, I haven't hit my peak NHL age yet, uh, which is twenty-seven. So on the weekend, um, the missus and I uh, hung out with uh, David Quadrelli um, at uh, around oh, yes. Rocky Point. Got some ice cream. Got some Slurpees. You know, young people stuff. Child. Ch- <laughs> you know, just taking the kids out for, for the play date, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I can just imagine Quads and Murphy just running around. In the yeah, yeah. They, they would. They would. We, we put they them in, the, in their playpen, and they had a gas together. It was great. Um, but <laughs> afterwards, like the day after, Roxy and I were hanging out, and we're just like, man, I can't remember. We were talking because naturally we're we're elderly, so we talk about like how old we are, right? And we were like, man, I think, like, do you wonder if, like, Quads is like, like, man, these guys are really old and, like, 
like weird. And we're like, like, why like am I he, hanging out with them? Yeah, like, like <laughs> we were like, do you think he gets annoyed when we like point out how young they are? And then we we were like, we were like, you know what? I actually wish we held hung out with some older people when we were in our early twenties, so they could tell us to cherish our youth because no one did. And then suddenly you wake up and there's a pandemic and it's you're 32 and you have a dog that barks and pees and poos everywhere. So yeah, um, for you two youngins of this podcast, just cherish your youth. I know the pandemic is just blowing it, but hey, you know, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. And uh, if you can cherish your, your soft skin in your bones that work and your muscles that don't just like tense up and rip in half when you're moving a carton of milk or or throwing out your back when you move a cardboard box from one piece of the table to the other which actually happened to me once and it was man like that's probably where are you okay yeah that's probably when my life started falling do do you need help I do. I do. Like, if you need need help moving stuff, you can call either of us. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there are moving We'll both say we're busy, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the thought that counts. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, oh, shoot, I'm actually busy (laughs) every day that you need me. Darn. (laughs) I have a thing. (laughs) I have have many things that I have to do. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, let's uh, let's get into some other NHL stuff before we uh, sign out because I know we all want to go eat and watch this banger of an Alberta Edmonton series. Um, so I was really really tuned when um, I saw the news that you sent me or sent us in the DM, uh, Lachlan, about Brian Russ signing that contract with uh, the Penguins, yeah. six yeah. years, five point two million dollars. Holy! F. That is a get that horrific bag. I mean, yeah. First, yeah, first off, Brian Rust. Yeah. Congrats uh, yeah. on making that cheddar, sir. Um, but th- like, we just heard like what, like a week ago, like six days ago, maybe that Sid Crosby was upset at the lowball offers that Malkin and Latang got at five years and five million dollars or whatever. Like, you're lowballing those two. But you'll sign Brian Russ to a five point two million dollar contract until he's thirty six years old. Like, do you have any understanding of aging curves or where your team is at? Why the fuck are you signing that deal? I could not believe that. I was laughing so hard. I was so tuned. Just like this, this is the deal that I was so happy to see was signed by the Brian Burke and Ron Hexall Penguins because I have no idea what they're doing now. If I were I mean, Malkin and Latang, I would be absolutely appalled. I would be so offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's it's, see. It, it's a I mean, it, well. The clearly the Penguins want what want with Malkin and Latang what the Sharks got from Joe Thornton for years, where it's the whole thing. So for anyone who doesn't know, and I forget if we talked to you and I talked about this on the last show, um, but essentially. The Sharks would literally, because Joe Thornton essentially gave them a guarantee year after year that he was going to come back regardless, mm-hmm. and the and he would literally let them go and make all their big signings and everything, um, and then give him essentially whatever's left on a one year deal so that they could have as good a team around him as possible. But the and the Penguins seem to kind of want the same thing here, but the key difference is that Joe Thornton had no Stanley Cup at that point, whereas yeah. Malkin and 
Le- and Latang have already won three. They don't have any other like they don't need to be here if they don't want to. They could no. very easily go right off into the sunset elsewhere. Like and yeah, with like um with Ru- with uh the Rust contract, it's I mean it's pretty clear that Pittsburgh doesn't see themselves in a situation where it's time to rebuild at all, and that's like not too crazy in the sense of like because like i think brian burke at one point before he was hired by pittsburgh or like right after on sportsnet was doing an interview essentially talking about how as long as he has Sidney crosby and evgeny malkin he's net they're never rebuilding kind of thing mm-hmm. they're never doing a full rebuild which i mean yeah that that's that sounds about right you have one of the yeah. best teams in the world but at the same time you still kind of need to find youth to sit around them with like the penguins that won all those cups didn't win because they were just signing all the old guys yeah. uh and giving out hefty extensions to yeah. they, depth players like they won because they they exploited the cap space they had and the players they had to find better cheaper options wherever they could like say and sold high damn say, picking up nick bonino for yeah. Brandon Sutter and a bunch Benito. of other garbage. Uh, I love Benito, 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 for uh the battle of alberta and like whatever games he's doing mm-hmm. that dude can call a game and i saw i don't know where i don't know how i see this shit because it just pops up like on like you follow hockey here's some suggested tweets and it's like always some absolute chimp idiot with like the dumbest opinion being like harder ryan Singh sucks he can't call games it's like you're you are wrong yeah no sir, he, or and or yeah he, he rocks uh i just I, wanted to call I, that shout him out I will, yeah, I will say, I, I will say, I did, I, well, I thought during the Oilers King series, it did sound a little bit Oilers heavy, which was odd, but like overall, it was fine. I understood it because no one likes the Oilers. Yeah, it's true. The Kings, the Kings are cool. Yeah, and the Rick and uh, Rick and Rick Ball obviously was already doing it for Calgary at that point. Rick Ball also calls a very good game. Uh, I would like to hear him more on the broadcasts. Uh, Also, if we're just shouting out play by play guys at this point. Uh, why isn't John Shorthouse calling any playoff games? Like that's he's on vacation. I get I but he's so good. He's so good. I know, he's great. It, he deserves when, when I saw yeah. Murph covering, yes, Murph. It, covering yeah. the Avs games, I was like, oh my god, it's Murph. Look it's, at him. It's 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 yeah, exactly. Like we love we stand, we stand, we stand Dan. Uh it's like <laughs> and it's so I do find it odd, like strange that like they don't set that they i don't think they have anybody uh on the regularly on all four broadcasts so i'm like send shorty to one of them like there's some good yeah. series out there like there's some good playoff hockey he's, and he's so good um but yeah like harner ryan singh's done a great job for battle of alberta or uh and uh i think also um who is all and uh chris cutbert's been calling i think a few of them as well mm-hmm. I think yeah so. um okay uh other contracts signed, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf signed Giordano to a two-year 800K uh, AAV. Unsurprising, they're doing the Tampa thing, right? Trying to get some guy, some vet with experience to sign for league minimum uh, so that you can then make up for it elsewhere. And I believe the story that came out was 
that Giordano had one contract on the board for like slightly under a million, but then he came back to say, I'll take less if it helps the team, you know, you know, find a better deal elsewhere. So pretty cool, even though I don't really care for Mark Giordano. I think he's a cheap, cheap fucking player, but, <laughs> but you know, good for, good for them. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, yeah. Toronto needs veterans and it's better that they're doing this rather than what they were doing before where they were giving way too much money to Patrick Marlowe uh, and like a couple and a couple of those older veterans. It's a, it they're they're and they're in a bit of a bind uh, cap cap wise right now because of how many of those big contracts they signed. They're in a bit of a weird stuck spot here. Uh, yeah. so they need every cheap contract they can get. I did hear today. I think they dismissed uh, some of people in their, front off in their analytics department including they uh, did Canucks army alumni people former former uh canucks army writer a colleague of ours an alumnus yeah. uh cam sharon which yeah. we'd been there for quite some time long time long time yeah, so, uh, pour one out rip rip a rooney mm-hmm. yeah. um but i'm sure someone who was a part of that analytics department for as long as he was i'm sure is going to land somewhere else in this league very soon I would be shocked if he went without a position. Like just those those old Canucks Army guys who you know basically built the foundation of like what it what edit local journalism can do in terms of yeah. analysis, like and, what they can actually do when they're on a team. Yeah, and and how far they've fallen by hiring us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What a what a drop. What a it's it's been a steep drop it's, in uh, uh, quality. <laughs> it's quite the fall off when you go from Cam Sharon, uh and Cam Lawrence, uh, Josh Weisbach to the to the Lachlan Urbans and the Cody Sievertsons of, of the, the world. world. But like, but they're hey. really scraping the bottom of the barrel at this. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> what do we they, got left? God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh you're going from like a bunch of like stats nerds who know how to code to a guy to literally some guy according to, some to David Quadrelli to some, some guy who doesn't noted even some do guy. this full time noted some guy Cody Severson uh basically on the same tier as a uh, former director of analytics or whatever the fuck job he had um yeah, yeah uh, pretty wild uh okay what's this I'm I'm looking at the notes instead of reviewing ahead of time because I'm just that professional. Yeah, yeah. Chatter of John Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yes. Which uh, is I mean, Philly to a T. <laughs> that's fine by me because Tortorella should always be a part of uh, press conferences as a coach. I don't really care for him on the broadcast because I think for every good opinion he has, he'll have one that's like really bad and makes you have to like question whether or not you like him as an analyst. So, I, I mean, it would be it would be so peak Philadelphia flyers for them to go from, to go and hire John Tortorella and be like, this is, this is what we need right now. It's a little bit, especially, and also just the pure irony of them going from having Alain Vigneault start last season to potential of John Tortorella starting this one. And then Willie Willie D will come in. And Willie Desjardins. Like, yeah, if it wasn't for Mike. Travis Green's. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, Hold up. All three of them. John of Tortorella them. with Travis Green and Willie D as assistant coaches. Oh my goodness. That would be a oh fascinating exercise. I, I I don't know how that would go. go. I don't know how <laughs> I I, I kind of know how that would go. Like Willie Desjardins would suggest things and Travis Green and uh John Tortorella would just straight up ignore him. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Willie, why don't go, you uh no. 
Yeah, yeah. They like he'd get one word in, they'd be like, "No, quiet. <laughs> go play. Like, go play somewhere else." Yeah, Willie, straight up. Go away. Like, like the, the the adults are talking. Willie, oh, like, poor Willie. Not oh. that Will, like not that Willie is necessarily like a huge drop off from those two, but like definitely enough of one that it's like, oh, the guy who and the guy who quiet, rolled and his lines. And didn't know which lines were coming up next in the rotation. Just whoever was sitting in front of him. That guy is not an NHL coach. You know who Sean Couturier needs to be playing with more? Jason Megna. Like that's who he. That's who Sean Couturier should be taking a regular oh, shift really? with. Or Michael Chapu. Ooh. <laughs> oh, they, oh, could, the league could use some more Chapu in its life. Yeah. All right. Um, Much Chapu about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that came out of my mouth, guys. Should, should I even get into the Canucks news, or should we just end I mean, right there off of that? That I mean, we should probably get into the fact that there was some uh, there was some changes on the there was edge. more yeah. changes, more more firings. Well, not really, but it's weird that we're getting uh, into the Canucks stuff right at the very end. But yes, that's because I had to talk about Edmonton, Alberta, like the uh, chimp I am. Uh, but yeah, uh, for those keeping track, the Canucks basically let go every single assistant coach that they had on the books, except for Jason King. Uh, Scott uh, Walker uh, chose to leave. It was his choice. The team kind of knew he wasn't going to stick around because he's got uh, commitments with the Guelph Storm of the OHL. Like He's like the owner or part owner or something like that. So he didn't exactly want to stick in vancouver like he's just got too much going on out east especially with his family and uh i think boudreau said on the bandcast like he kind of knew he was on like a short uh term thing with the canucks so it wasn't really surprising uh sucks to see him go uh, his words not mine but uh he understood it and kind of knew it was coming anyway uh but they also got rid of daryl seward as their uh video coach um i think who else was it kyle gustafson or something like that uh yeah, Kyle Gustafson is gone, and uh, yeah, d- and uh, that's I think those three. I think all uh yeah, those are the guys that got rid of. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, the funny thing was that um, w- uh, this news only kind of dropped because Bruce Boudreaux did like a podcast where he basically said that all these guys weren't coming back. So it is that really? Canu- yeah, because the for- it forced Jeez. the Canucks into releasing a press release at like five o'clock on a friday night or whatever or sunday night or something Bruce, like that Bruce, like buddy like <laughs> well bruce he's been making a few times. no like he's just he saying no filter, stuff man. he's just saying it <laughs> yeah like he's doing cameos he's doing every podcast imaginable for every like ex nhl or analyst like he's making the rounds since the season ended like He's he like Kevin like Weeks, but busy. just for the Canucks and what they're Yeah, doing. a little bit. Like the joke that Farhan made on the Vancast was like, you know, we've seen you're pretty busy in the offseason on all these podcasts that we feel bad that you're just now getting on an actual Vancouver-based one. And he was just like, yeah, I'm staying busy. And then he went on like a five-minute rant about like how he had to go back home and, you know, clarify with his 90-year-old mother that it was okay for him to stay in Vancouver for oh. next year. Uh, it's really cute. It's a, it's a really good interview because like Boudreaux's like a very talkative man and it, he gives some pretty good int- answers uh, on very basic stuff. Yeah. He's, he, he's a much like, he's not afraid to like give you kind of like a little bit of how the, 
the sausage is made a little bit with what goes on behind the team and stuff like that. And sometimes that's we that's too uh too far to like things like this where he's like yeah essentially an announcing oof. yeah and like there was like again like the whole thing of like where he's clearly not on the same page with like the the, the GM <laughs> or at least hasn't had a hasn't discussed talking points yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all they have left now is Boudreaux King. Uh, Brad Shaw is still here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that was a big deal, especially because once he started running the PK, I think it got a little better under him or or the power play. I forget exactly which one, he, which one is the major one there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then of course, uh, Ian Clark, who is the, the best coach on, who's the best coach. Like always. He is all right. Well, they can't really get rid of him. Like, like six months after signing him to a five-year extension. <laughs> pretty after- bad look. And after literally every single goaltender in the organization has gone to bat for him, like, uh, like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that to Ian. Ian Clark's too important to your organization right now. And then like, um, and like, even like, Hey, look at, uh, Arter Silov's, uh, coming off today. Like, uh, he finished with a nine fifty eight at the world hockey championships. What a Something guy. Like that, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Good for him. He, 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 what a guy with a name. He deserved it. He deserved it. That's just a guy with a name. Good for him. How Good dare for you? Him. How dare you? He's he's, um, he's done great. I think I'm interested to see how they fill those positions though, because obviously you're not going into the season with one head. Maybe coach more diversity. Maybe we start seeing maybe. some more of that. We start seeing Bruce like, maybe came a female. In and he just sweeped it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm trying to think who like if there's a coaching. The, the thing with the assistant coaches in particular is it's not like there's uh, an obvious line of candidates for assistant coaching jobs at the NHL level. Like no one's Maybe ever Travis Green. That would be very funny if they like <laughs> bring like, him back. back. Like they yeah, sheepishly they... be like, maybe we shouldn't have fired you because the team was yeah. actually pretty good at five v five. And uh <laughs> maybe it was the the idiot GM that we should have fired instead. Well, yeah, that they yeah like the or something something like well who is like like the there was there's already people talking including us talking about the idea of like hey maybe jim rutherford and patrick alvin will bring back troy stetcher uh because oh they to there's fix no the way. right side which would be fantastic there honestly there is though there is kind of a slight chance here because it's I a different regime they don't care they don't care they don't well, care I, okay. it's not well, their mistake that they're admitting was incorrect like what well, do you mean cody why not they don't view it as a mistake. That's the issue. Well, the old regime I'll tell, didn't, but this I'll one say, might. I'll, t- one I'll might. tell you after the show, but like, yeah, I'll tell you after the show. But anyway. Okay, fair enough. It, but like, yeah, like it'll it's be- It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's, it'll be- <laughs> Why do you have to crush me like this? I'm sorry. It's not my fault. You know, it, blame the it, uh, blame the team. Blame the team. I'm, I would love to know like who they have on their radar here in terms of like for assistant coaches. It would be cool to see them bring up some people people oh. uh who deserve the opportunity and especially if like could go on to become great nhl coaches in their own right well i was thinking today like it would actually be it would make a lot of sense actually if they just promoted whoever they have at the ahl level to nhl assistant coaches and then wait out the year where they can do a full reset with who they want in the nhl um, oh, and then the ahl Whoever, like if Trent calls their guy, they keep him, but then they hire the assistant coaches they think can f- like replace him the following year because his deal is also into next season as well. Because that seems like the normal thing to do is that you 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 groom talent from within, and so it would make sense to have an AHL complement of staff that you believe can actually do something for your organization down the road, 
or at least develop players for you and are content staying at that level for the foreseeable future. Kind of like Benoit uh, Gruel in uh, Syracuse for Tampa. Yeah, He's or, been their uh, head coach for like seven years, and there's no indication that he's moving up or that he really wants to move up either. Yeah, and then there's like – and like the Leafs said the same thing with like Sheldon Keefe where he was mm-hmm. like the Marlies coach for years, and then now he's the full-time head yeah. coach. And that even goes back to like when Kyle Dubas was running like the Sioux Greyhounds, I think, as well. Like yeah. it's a little different here, but like the, there are – yeah, like you know, hopefully you're finding guys who are – and uh, who want to come in and like be part and find – and build into bigger roles and who don't mind. And that's going to be easier with the Canuck with obviously with the Abbotsford Canucks now than it would have been in say Utica where they're far away. Like Mm -hmm. now you can, yeah. Trent Cole would be an interesting assistant coach. I I wonder what exactly like what, like, cause usually the assistant coaches, like they divide it up on like what expertise, like essentially like to an expertise sort of thing. I'd be interested to see like what, if Bruce Boudreaux had Trent Cole working under him, like what specific, like, role he, he would designate them for well if anything he would probably stay as the ahl head coach because i think when he was an assistant coach uh for syracuse he was their defensive coach and there's just mm. no way he'd replace brad shaw so yeah. he wouldn't have a spot on an nhl bench at this point so yeah i don't think it would work that way but like there's i i put it to you guys in the chat guy whose contract expires next at the end of next season is mike sullivan and so Based on all of the people leaving the Penguins organization and some of the people that uh, they've acquired since uh, starting to run the Canucks organization, I would not be shocked if Mike Sullivan was on the top of their list as a guy they want to sign without having to fire a coach and pay for someone midseason. The Boudreaux contract helps them avoid that to a T. They don't like how, like how poor the systems are, the breakouts or the defensive structure, whatever under Boudreaux is. But the fact that Boudreaux wanted to come back and it's just a one-year deal and he wants to be a lame duck coach and is fine with it, that's probably great for them because then that means they can go out headhunting at the end of next season when they want their prized pony. Yeah, and maybe that ends up just being Boudreaux as is. Like maybe he does, like he finds a completely different, like a even like another gear with this year, and maybe that ends up being going uh, in his favor. But like, as if you can have that opportunity, yeah, you should take it every single time to go. Well, we can do a full reset here. We can build from a completely different point of view if we want to, or we can just, or we feel what's what's here is already working. So yeah, I mean, and Hey, like Mike Sullivan, it'd be again, very funny. If guy who was literally, uh, who literally has already been technically head coach of the Canucks before, uh, when, when, uh, John Tortorello was suspended for entering the flames locker room for two weeks. Uh, it would be very funny if Mike Sullivan came back to the Canucks again and became the head coach. And honestly, I like him as a coach. He, he's a, he's done a lot with some Penguins teams that haven't necessarily been, I think, as good as they like their lineup indicates. Like they've over, like they've punched above their weight a few times here, especially recently. Well, like, like the, like the Canucks former coach, Travis Green, uh, Mike Sullivan has gotten a lot out of very little and, to satisfying results, including back-to-back cups. So if the Canucks could get that, I think they'd be happy. But otherwise, folks, this has been another episode of Yours Truly's The Crease Cast. I have been Cody Siebertson. I will always be Cody Siebertson, so we're clear here. Uh, you can follow my work at 
Cody Severson on Twitter and CanucksArmy.com. In theory, I should be writing something soon, but I'm very lazy and I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, Jamie, where can the fine folks find your work? Um, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jamie Kalo, or you can see things that I eat sometimes. Not, I haven't posted in a while. But yeah, let's sometimes. get some new stuff because that you got some. <laughs> good looking food on there thank you let me thank tell you. you i got some uh, hot sauce you can try here if you want i'm good <laughs> do I not do okay. that <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah don't don't do it yeah you can see all that stuff on instagram at jamie kalo eats Lachlan? and Lachlan. uh you can find me on twitter at uh lock in the crease you can find my writing work also at canucks army i write there pretty frequently i recently wrote about bruce boudreau and uh uh, Patrick Alvin, uh, Patrick Alvin, and Jim Rutherford, and what they've been talking about lately uh, in the public sphere, and I'll be doing probably a lot more writing uh, over the rest of the month. So yeah, go go check that out. I write there every now and then. I'm also lazy like Cody. Attaboy. Uh, Shout out, to lads. Love you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, until next time, folks. We'll uh, catch you when uh, the Colorado Avalanche are defeated in Game Seven uh, to the St. Louis Blues. Cody. Till then, folks. Bye. Oh, no.